0: I really want Holy Spirit to do what He desires, and I feel like we're at the point where we always want to hear from the Lord, but to hear another message just because it's the thing we do on Sundays is, is not really what any of us want. I mean, really, we want. We want Holy Spirit to fall. We want... To hear from Almighty God. And I do believe this morning that he has He has provided and set a table before us in the presence of our enemies around us. And it is a bountiful table. And what he is looking for hungry people, and there's not a whole lot of tolerance for the picky eaters. There's a lot of things that um, we all have had to grapple with in our upbringing or things that we wish our parents did or didn't do. But one thing I'm thankful for is that growing up in a strict um, family, and my dad was in the military, The philosophy at mealtime is basically you get what you get, you don't throw a fit. When you sit down to the table, what is served is what you will have. And so I learned that uh, I really wasn't allowed to be a picky eater. And if I wanted to to eat, it had to be what was prepared. And uh, I didn't get to snack in between um, the meal times were very structured in my early years growing up and the family time around the table was emphasized. And, uh, I know my girls are wondering what in the world happened with us because our life was a little different, but, um, but I learned that. And as a side note, I will certainly say that there were times that was, bes- that what was placed before me was a. A pretty challenging thing to swallow. I, I really, truly believe that um, Brussels sprouts are part of the, uh, and I don't know, some sort of uh, interrogation uh, tactic. Um, because I just, it was basically, you're going to, you know, stay there till you finish your plate. And so now they have neat seasonings for it, but I think at that time she just boiled them and threw them on the plate. And man, oh man. It was like, okay, you know, we all had our thing with Greg. It was lima beans. He would rather die than have lima beans. And uh, for some reason, oh, there you go. There's one. But what the Lord places on our table, we can count on, even sometimes when it may be a little bit tough going down. It is nutrient-dense. It is for our good. It is something that will fuel us for his purposes and his calling. And I hope that you have prepared your level of hunger this morning. You know, you can you can get a hunger going within you. Just like in the physical, we can rouse a hunger within us with various activities. I know moms have sent their kids out. Go run around and play, you know, whatever, and get ready for for lunch. We're going to be serving lunch in about an hour. Go ahead and get hungry. You know, we can empty ourselves of things, the entanglements of this life, and sit before the Lord and just, just seek Him. And I know that's what He wants. And I want to pray that you will receive... What we just sang, the last worship song. If you want my heart, you've got it. You've got it. That's a very individual declaration. Do you believe that? Is that something you believe? I will tell you, when your heart is poised like that, when God is all you want, he will inhabit the praises and the worship of his people. When we draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us. There is nothing, I say this for your benefit, but let me just speak as just me, Alexis. There is nothing going on with you that will hinder my revival. I will have the revival that my heart longs for and have had it. Because God loves me. He's faithful. And the experiences of his presence, his manifest presence, have been both in services and in my kitchen where I was rocked to my core and didn't know that I could continue to hold the spoon. Finishing making what I was making. Because it just, it just descended on me. And he had something of himself he wanted to impart to me. So don't look at other things happening as if you're in lack. The presence of the Lord is here this morning. Where two or three even are gathered in his name, he is in our midst. When we're hungry and we have that paradigm, you never have to feel like, Lord, what's happening? What's wrong? I know we want more, and he loves that. He loves that we want more. And I'll tell you, Ignition has promises, very specific promises over us. What he has told us, who we are, what we will do, are really unfathomable, and yet we can hold to those promises and we can know that he is building something that he has to build in us that is going to be the ultimate strength of faith. And faith is built sometimes when the, the external things of our, of our sensory experience are not there. When, when, when God builds within you just a knowing that he is with you a knowing that he is speaking to you, a knowing that he will guide you, he will never leave you or forsake you, he will deliver you, he will direct you, at that knowing by faith, without sometimes the warm and fuzzy, that's where he needs us to be for our calling. Does he love to manifest his presence? He does. He does. And man, when I'm, when I'm so focused on him, it comes in such a beautiful way. But when it's not there and I'm seeking him just as hard, he's there to remind me I am with you. I am there whether you feel me or not, because it is who I am and and it strengthens my faith. It's an opportunity to grow in my faith. I want you to remember that this morning with what the Lord has us talk about. And I'm going to pray first. Father, I just love you. I just worship you. I just praise you. I give you this time. I give you my heart. You've got it. You've got it. Come and consume every room. God, I just, I just praise you. I magnify and exalt my champion enthroned jesus and i thank you for what you will do as we are hungry willing to receive what you have whether a smooth easy pill of comfort or a little bit of a bitter one whatever you want to do with your word this morning i ask you to do it in the name of jesus I know that your word will go forth. it will produce whatever you intend. It will not return void. So don't let us block it this morning. I pray for every heart, listening here, in person, online, on the podcast, any time in the future. Holy Spirit, let this land as fresh in the moment of time now as it will in the future, outside of. You're not in time. So use this word to carry forth what you desire. That is my heart. I truly have nothing to say if I'm not speaking you and your words and your heart. So I just give that to you. I love you. I honor you. I praise you. I worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Sometimes verses in scripture hit me as so deep and so profound, and yet, from a Bible scholar perspective, they're the most basic scripture that we may have known our whole lives. And I was personally in a deep study in Romans, learning about religion versus grace, and that will probably likely be delivered. Because, boy, oh, boy, the religious spirit, God is in the midst of crushing it, and um, Jesus was the least religious person that ever walked planet Earth, and uh, there's a lot to say on that. But he took me to a very interesting scripture that is, um, it's not my life verse, my life verse is 2 Timothy 1.7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. But oddly enough, the verse that I sign almost every card with is the verse that I want to look at this morning in the Amplified Classic, and that is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. I'm going to talk about trust this morning, and titles are not important. However, they are used to differentiate our podcasts and uh, help us to know what, how to reference things that are released outside of the date. If I had a title for this morning, it would be trust and being trusted. So let's look at Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, that we all probably know, and some in many translations. It says, lean on, trust, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. And he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. I love that. So, right out of the gate, in the King James, it starts with trust. But in the Amplified Classic, it starts with lean on. I love Amplified because it it expounds, it amplifies the meaning of words. But it's saying, be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And right away, don't lean on your own insight. I think that is something that we fight all the time. We, even when receiving direct revelation from the Lord in a real-time prophetic, ecstatic, or otherwise word, it will still sometimes filter through a filter of our humanity That we apply time to, we apply circumstances, we apply other things that may not be uh, appropriately applied in that particular revelation. And we don't always get what the Lord is saying. And that's why we have to continue to seek him. And he unpacks things in a a very, very unique way for us individually. Because each one of us is in different processes with the Lord. How he teaches us. What he uses to speak to us is so beautiful. Um, We know uh, Derek, who's one of our uh, great uh, team members in Nigeria, just visited with us here in the U.S. The Lord often reveals himself to Derek in the clouds. In in a cloud formation, he will reveal something that he's saying. Um, Some people um, see the different things that, that God does and the way he speaks as um, being immediately ascribed to the enemy because it doesn't fit within their box of how they believe God speaks. And um, just because God has various ways that he speaks, we know his creation. His creation shows his glory every day. His creation is always speaking and declaring. The first couple of verses of Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork day and day uttereth speech, and night into night showeth knowledge. I love that psalm. It is it is his creation speaking. So we, we have different things. Whereas other people, they're like, clouds just mean rain, blocking of the sun, so I don't get a burn, you know, or um, a clear day. I mean, some it has no, we don't acknowledge sometimes that he's speaking in all these ways. But the Lord is, I think, for very, very significant reasons, wanting us to revisit this idea of trust this morning trust in who he is what he both is and has said and in what he does and those three things are really the key but one point i want to bring out in the in the amplified be confident, be confident and lean on him. I like that those three go together. When you lean on, trust and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and your mind. That's what allows him to direct and make your path straight. There is, though, that little part at the beginning, the beginning of verses, um, the second verse. And then it, and it says, in all your ways, know, recognize and acknowledge him. And acknowledgement is a really big, important key to know, finding and knowing the will of God. Did you know that? What you acknowledge it is, is a matter of where your focus is. What we just went through in worship was an acknowledgement of God, acknowledging him in, in lifting our eyes to him. You know, there are, there are so many things right now that are strategies to distract us. And yet he's just saying, if you will just acknowledge me in every single thing that I do, acknowledge me in all of your ways. You know, the, the paradigm of heaven is totally and always relational. It's always relational. Everything God does in our lives, is for the sole purpose of drawing us into closer relationship with him. So it's always relational. So when we acknowledge him, we have to acknowledge that he is in everything that he has us do. What job he has us take, what we do in our jobs, how how we approach tasks in our jobs, the paradigms that we have in our jobs, who who we choose to marry, how we parent how we interact with our neighbors everything god is in everything that's why he can give us romans eight twenty eight, that he works all things together for good the reason he works all th- his his desire is always to work his goodness for us and for closeness and deep relationship in us it is always to work it for that good that closeness and for his purposes in his kingdom So acknowledgement is such an important thing. It's a key, key piece also in hearing his voice. When we acknowledge him, we can then recognize, wait a minute, the Lord is telling me something here. He's speaking. When I don't acknowledge him, and I realize that there is, it's not always possible to keep in the, in the, um, it's, it's a part of your consciousness called your reticular activating system of your brain. It's the forefront of your consciousness, right? It's, it's the RAS. You, you, it's not always about a, a consciousness of the, of the brain in thought, but it's an acknowledgment of, that, that comes from abiding, to, that even when we may not be consciously thinking about it, instantly the Lord is revealing himself because it's, it's an outcome of the decision of our heart To just stay in sync with him. And more and more, it will feel like he's in that RAS place. Because I don't know about you, but everywhere I go now, every time, first of all, every time there's a silent moment, my girls will tell you, mostly Yvonne, because she's with me and mostly in in the car with me, until she drives. And then we'll be separated, likely. But I have her for a few more years. Where we get in the car, and she knows the first thing I'm going to start doing is praying. I pray out loud. It's just... It doesn't matter where I go. If I go to an appointment, um, if I'm in the hallway and nobody's in it, that was the only. It was the only good thing. Nothing was good about the masks. But the only good thing about the masks was that I never had to have people look at me funny for talking when I was in the store because I was constantly talking out loud under my mask, <laughs> rebuking things and telling the Lord that we shouldn't be wearing these masks, um, all that stuff. But but I'm always talking to the Lord and. He's just been teaching me how there's just, there's so much divine orchestration in our lives, if we will just acknowledge that. He really is directing our paths more than we might think. And when we don't acknowledge him and his purposes, we're going to find ourselves making decisions that will take us down a path, and sometimes we don't recognize how far down the wrong path we are until it's too late with some pretty heavy consequences. The other thing about acknowledging him is acknowledging him is a key part of our fellowship with him because there's, there's a lot of things we would look at differently if we were truly inviting him into everything we do do you invite him into menial tasks do you invite him into if you have a hobby um if you have a um you know a project that that the lord has directed you in? we we learned this morning to be very careful not to be drawn into projects that are just things that societal pressures make us feel like need to be accomplished so that we feel like we're a decent human being or a good neighbor or any other reasons we need to be compelled by him everything we do and and that's another reason why acknowledging him is so important how do you know that that your task in your day and someone's lack of a task in their day isn't both directed by the lord well you don't accept your own responsibility of knowing what the Lord told you to do. You know, Bryn's day might not look as busy as my day on certain days, but as we seek the Lord, the Lord directs them both. There are some days that I get. In fact, I love when I say to the Lord, Oh, I have some, I have some time that isn't set with certain, certain things. And he's been teaching me that, you know, I can delight in that. And, Enjoy that in terms of free time, but then he's like, Yeah, but, but I'm also in the times when you have something to do. It's, I'm not gonna go in the next room and not be with you while you're just white knuckling it and getting through this task. I'm in everything. I'm in everything that you do, and it's all for my purposes. It's all to draw me, draw you closer to me. And so it's been so beautiful to learn that process. And one of the things acknowledgement does is it draws us more into worship. When we acknowledge him, it's, it's that, um, and, and I, going back to the reticular activating system, I've used this so many times, so if, if I've repeated this for you, I'm going to repeat it again. If you get a blue van, you've never driven a blue van. Before you got a blue van, you never thought about blue vans, okay? But now that you own a blue van... Suddenly, everybody got a blue van the same time you got a blue van. How did that work? They didn't. They were always there. The awareness of blue vans is now in your world because it's what you're driving. And so you notice what you're experiencing in others. We can spot remnant people a mile away now, can't we? Isn't it interesting, our spirits? And they are the fastest friends It's so cool. If I meet a remnant person in an airport, I'm just like, what is your name? I'm so glad to meet you. And, you know, because sometimes we'll talk about, it'll spark a conversation where we're talking about the Lord even before I know their name. But I just feel like they're my best friend. My spirit just bears witness with their spirit when when they're a Christian. And, too many side stories of how those things but you guys know if you've ever started a conversation or bumped into somebody and and there was a reaction in the spirit and you immediately knew they were a believer and and even a remnant believer it's a beautiful thing but but this awareness draws us to an acknowledge and a magnifying and a worship of the lord that is so beautiful and that worship that place of worship Brings us to a rejoicing. It's a a rejoicing that the decision to acknowledge him is a heart posture of surrender. A heart posture of your way, not my way. That you are in charge. I'm not going to live unto myself. But it reminds me, rejoicing is a really important piece. In Psalm 118.23, it says, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will, this is King James, but I will rejoice and be glad in it. I love that because it is not a, oh, this is really a great day. Oh, God, you just gave me a great day. Thank you. I'm rejoicing. Everything went my way. You know, no bad weather. Hair stayed in place. Good things happened. And all of the rejoicing is an external, a reaction to external things. And do you know how many Christians live that way? That is why they are being shaken into a place of absolute turmoil because they are so tossed to and fro by what happens on the outside. This is the day that the Lord has made the day of the storm, the day of the notification that a dear one has gone on to be with the Lord. My sister in law, my brother. My father-in-law that we warred for in the spirit. Many of us could list people. Was that a day that the Lord made? I will rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoicing is an acknowledgement of the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness his goodness for me his love for me acknowledging him in all of my ways acknowledges that he is always good he is always love and that rejoicing is key i want you to go to philippians 4 because this lays this out there is a verse in philippians 4 that says Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And what does it mean to rejoice? Rejoicing is a deliberate confession and declaration of who God is. It is a speaking out of our pleasure for him. It is an expression of our love. And. The Lord needs the rejoicing. And the way it's laid out here in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord, verse 4 of Philippians 4, delight, gladden yourselves in him. Again, again, he says, Paul says, I say rejoice. And by the way, um, look at the verse that is given with that, Psalm 37, 4. Psalm 37, 4 is delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. That verse is beautiful. It doesn't mean he's going to give you what you desire. It means he will give you what to desire when you delight in him. He'll actually tell you what you should desire. I got to tell you when, when you, when there's little kids, and I've said this before, little kids, they'll ask you for, for crazy things. You know, what do you want for your birthday? I want to bring a big elephant into my first grade class so that my friends think that I have a big elephant. Okay, well, we know that may not work so well. And it may actually prove to be quite disruptive and destructive if that were to to happen. Parents that indulge without discernment every whim that their child asks for when they're not mature enough to even know what they desire are not good parents. The Lord, we are to seek the Lord for what we should desire because he made us. He's going to fulfill everything in us. And sometimes what we desire is not going to fulfill us. Ask any man who has cheated on his wife because he thought he'd be more fulfilled on the other side of the fence. Doesn't always work out very well. Families have been destroyed. And most of those marriages or unions or whatever they are, unholy unions, end broken. Because the entire foundation was not rooted in the Lord. But it says, then let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, and your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near. He is coming soon. Now, these two verses are really key. Verse 6. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition are definite requests that Holy Spirit places within us to ask. And doesn't mean that it's a bypassing of our will. Again, when we abide in him, he knows how he made us, but, but we are to pray in the spirit. We're to pray what he wants. We're to pray the will of the Father. That's how Jesus taught us to pray. So it says, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot, whatever sort that is. That peace. Talk about amplified. It's that peace that he just expounded on. Assured Our salvation through Christ. And so, fearing nothing from God, no matter what we're about to head into, no matter what we've been through, whatever sort of the earthly lot that that is, it's that peace which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There is something about the choice to acknowledge God. That brings a rejoicing, that the rejoicing then brings about the peace in the response to our trust in him. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful place of recognizing that when I go before the Lord, I can be confident in everything that I'm taking before him. I don't ever have to approach him with lack I don't ever have to worry. I don't ever have to fear. And when you rejoice, you can't also be in fear and in worry. The two are incompatible. When you're faced with the worry and the fear, you have to choose. Am I going to choose to rejoice? Am I going to choose through acknowledging who he is to believe and then to declare and to rejoice? Or am I going to choose to be? In fear, see there is this um, there is this place of faith that people misunderstand. They they often say, "Well, it's my faith." Yeah, it's uh, but my faith got me through. My faith got me through. I always have a little little bit of a squeeze in that because it is what we place our faith in that is the key. It is my God, whom I trust, that got me through. It it isn't just faith itself, because many people don't even realize that even if it's not conscious, that just by default, when you do not choose to trust God, when you do not choose to have faith and acknowledge who he is, getting to know him and who he is, and then rejoice and declare and worship. If you don't make that choice, you may be not making the choice to not trust him. But by default, that's the choice you're making. There's a lot of default choices walking around. And so, so often our faith in the fact that we're never going to get through this or that this is never going to work out. And so therefore I have to make this decision and this decision. Our faith in that paradigm and in that way of thinking is stronger than our faith in who God is and that he has the answers to everything. So there can be a negative faith. It depends on where your faith is placed, where your faith is focused. Because it's Jesus. It is not, we are not, we are saved by grace through faith. We are not saved because of faith. We're saved, no, don't, let me get my preposition straight here. The receiving of what Jesus did on the cross by faith saves us. But faith alone isn't the, salve, the, the saving force. It is what Jesus did on the cross his blood, his sacrifice. As we respond to that and believe that by faith, we are saved. But just having this faith is not the saving force. Do you understand? Does that make sense? I want to make that really clear because there's a lot of touting of faith out there. And I'm always curious what, okay, so your faith, you talk a lot about your faith. You notice that when interviewers, they, they, it's, it's interesting when people are interviewed, I'm always looking for for key words, like, because I'm a big, I, I'm just a, a defender of acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, like acknowledge that he is the king of kings, that, that there is no other way to come to the father except through Jesus. That, that's something that's passionate. I'm passionate about it. And it doesn't mean that just because somebody may not be eloquent in their are speaking in an interview that, that they don't believe that. But that's always what I'm, I'm tuned into, because there's a lot of ambiguity In in where somebody stands. And in this day and age. When everything is being redefined. There's psychological warfare on every every side. Everything is um, being twisted. And convoluted. And messed up. I just think it's so important to be really clear. About who our God is. Who we believe. What we stand for. And um, what rock we are standing upon. And so I just love that. That we can have such a confidence in who God is. And this faith is um, really, really key to having this peace. Um, one of the things that the Lord showed me is that um, we can't fight anxiety and worry without acknowledging him and rejoicing. We just, we just can't fight it. it. It's There is... Um, there is a buzzword that's been used now for decades, which is stress. I'm just stressed. I'm just, it's just so stressful. I'm, being, I'm stressed out. And it always makes me sad because um, that is really incompatible with a true deep place of abiding. There are things that will happen just like that that will rock your world and yet don't have to rock you at all. There is a place of protection and of peace and of rest. And if you want a comprehensive look at rest, you need to go back to the message Bryn preached just a few weeks back um, where the Lord unpacked the definition of rest, which was very deep and profound and beautiful. But speaking of, of them and their family, one thing that we would think would rock us to our core in in um, a sudden evil entering your world is to have an entire family murdered right next door to you in your neighborhood, in your little tiny cul-de-sac. And most people, that would cause an uneasiness, a turmoil. It may even drive them out. It may even drive them to decisions to change their circumstances, to change the atmosphere of geographic atmosphere because of how much There's something that was unsettling in in what they were in proximity to. We know from the news, from it being also shared here, what happened in the cul-de-sac of Jeff and Bryn. Right next door to them, right next door to them. A stone's throw, the house next door, to have the father kill his entire family. And one thing that was beautiful, uh, should not have been stunning, but sadly is perceived as stunning in their testimony, and I'm referring to the seller's testimony, is that they were not shaken and not moved. They were moved in sadness for the tragedy. But they were not moved in, what what, what do we do now? What does this mean? I mean, uh, you know, like, uh, this is, you know, it's tragic. It is sad. It was, in fact, there was such clarity on what was going on In the enemy's attempt to to steal, kill, and destroy. it, it, It was so clear. And if you don't think there will be moments like that right in front of your face, we could tell you stories all day long of people that face that in Nigeria. Literally right next to them. A situation happening where the blood splatters onto them. It's that close. And yet in that moment, they can choose how they're going to react. And... They reacted in rest. And that's why you got to know what rest means. Because that can sound very unfeeling if you don't know what rest means. Rest is an absolute stance, unshakable, unmovable stance on who God is, no matter what happens around you. We are so externally responsive in our Christian walk. And that is part of the problem. And part of the reason we are is because we lack the acknowledgement. There is a, there is something in, in acknowledging that brings the rejoicing that literally generates a, a trust. You know, when I'm acknowledging who God is, first of all, I acknowledge him a whole lot more when I get to see what he's doing in his word. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Esther, of Joseph, seriously, I, I mean, these amazing, the God of Noah, of Moses, of the children of Israel, that God is my God. When you know him, when you focus on him, when you learn of him, you just, it generates a trust in you. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and you just, you know, you just met him or maybe maybe you've known him casually and they're like. Trust me. You should do this. Trust me. And you're like, I don't know you. Trust me. Trust. I don't. What kind of of statement is that? Like, okay, fine. You know, and then, you know, you give your niceties. Like, sure. Yeah, nice. There, there. You're good. (laughs) But inside, we're like, I don't know you. Of course, that's our reaction. And but sadly, that's the way Christians react to the Lord. They're like, Lord, you can't be telling me to do this. What, go to, go to Africa? Sell everything? You know I got a job. You know, you know what my family would say? Are you kidding me? That is, you must be crazy. That is not what you are telling me to do. And yet when we know him, there's this, even, even when we don't understand all the, the parameters, all the, the details, you know, when we, it doesn't even give us that much sight, we can just know that we're in his arms. That we're just, we're we're literally carried by him into whatever situation he, he puts us in. And that knowing and that knowledge, it just, it's, there's a response of just trust. Like, Lord, whatever you tell me, because you know what? I cannot sing. If you want my heart, you've got it. You've got it. I can't sing that to a God I don't know. See, Allah is capricious. If you're familiar with that word, that it is a someone susceptible to um, an inaccountability, a moody God. Allah, he is an unpredictable, unfaithful, erratic God. They they're constantly doing all these oppressive religious practices to please this God that that they believe in. Oh, we serve a faithful God. We serve a consistent God, a loving God, a God that can be counted on, the furthest thing from Capricious. He is so faithful. I love that. I love that about God. It is, it is beautiful. And, Father, I just, anything you want to do, even in the midst of a sentence, I just give it to you. There are two ways to trust him. The first is vertical. That's our one-on-one time. That's our, that's our vertical relationship with me and him in the secret place. This is my time where I am fellowshipping with him, he is fellowshipping with me, okay? But it is incomplete without the second part, and that is the horizontal relationship. This comes from the scripture of the great commandment that I do want you to look at in Matthew 22, go to matthew twenty two it's in other places too the great commandment but in matthew twenty two verses thirty seven look at that and um you can stay i guess in amplified classic if you want to um, we know we are to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts and i'm going to go to verse thirty seven Because he was being asked, Jesus was being asked, teacher, which kind, in verse 36, which kind of commandment is great and important? The principal kind in the law. Some are light, which are heavy. And he replied to them, verse 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, your intellect. This is an intentional decision to love him, respond in love. We can only love him because he first loves us. But, verse 38, this is the great commandment, the most important principle, the first commandment. And a second, verse 39, is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. The second is like unto the greatest. There is a two-part command that is so critical in learning to trust the Lord. And... Trusting him in our secret place, in our communion with him, alone with him, is beautiful and wonderful. But it is incomplete without the second part of how he designed us to be, and that is to be in the body of Christ in fellowship with other believers. The Father uses people, friends, acquaintances, everybody around us, To come into a different reality, a different perspective. He uses them. Everything God does is relational. So why would he not use other people in a relational aspect to speak to us? If the Lord is speaking to you right now through anything that's coming out of my mouth, then he's using the relationship we have to speak to you. Does that mean that the Lord can't give you revelation at home by yourself? Of course he can. He has not designed that to be the only way. And that's why, of course, it was a strategy. Of course, it was a strategy of the enemy to isolate us during COVID and to still isolate us. And even in now those things being led up to still try to mask and keep people a little bit cautious of Doing life side by side. The iron sharpening iron. There are things that I never would have known God was trying to say to me to refine me had it not come through certain people in my life. And when I say in my life, I mean in my existence, in my walk. Be careful limiting Got to listen to the Lord on this. Be careful limiting people from you that you don't understand. If you're going to acknowledge God in all of your ways, acknowledge the ways of God by bringing you that most annoying, difficult, challenging, unusual person that every time you're with them seems to grate on you. First of all. If there's someone that is in your life that every time you're with them, you just feel anger welling up in you, guess what? There's anger in you. (laughs) It just happens to well up when that person's near you. Hmm. So that person could be a source of exposure of something that was not exposed before. It was in there. And so God placed strategically for the purpose of your relationship with him, but also for your relationship with that person and everyone around you, that your anger was affecting, but you were blind to it because it was not exposed to you. He placed that person to bring that up so that you'd be forced to deal with it. God knows what he's doing. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. These are things that... He does to teach us to trust him. And I'm amazed at this whole idea of trust. And most of us think that we do trust the Lord. I mean, we say it, we pray it. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. And yet I'm, I'm, I'm really struck by how many people instantly will leave a church for an offense because of something somebody said or did or something that they were, they were called out. And do you know that sometimes when things are called out and it's not done the best way because people are flawed, do you know God can even use that to humble and to refine you? I've had people throughout my years in ministry and before I even stepped into ministry, which was decades and decades ago, in terms of, because I've just been in ministry in some sort for so many, so many decades. But there were times I looked back and it was like, ooh, yeah, that was so abrasive. That was so hurtful. And the Lord clearly allowed all of that as a point of refinement in me. All of my legalistic interactions with people that I received, sometimes being taught that I even reacted in, were to teach me so many things that now I would not have known, I would not have had a heart for, um, I would not have understood, are all part of what he needed me to understand for my calling and my assignments. There is something that you are called to that everything that has happened to you so far in your life, God will use. Does that mean it was always God's intent for these things to happen? No. But he uses everything. This little thing called free will, though, because it's available to all, if God gives me free will, he gives my neighbor free will, I choose him so I'm doing what's right. Well, my neighbor might not choose to do what's right, so my neighbor is choosing harm, and that harms me. He has free will to choose evil just like he has free will to choose good. And sometimes we are affected by other people's choices. That's why God uses everything for good. If we only see God's goodness through the lens of what we think is good or through things that happen to us that are good, we're going to miss what God is doing. Some of the most important things that have ever refined me, ever, have been the worst things I've ever been through. That includes sicknesses. That includes horrible things said to me, done to me, you know, from my childhood to in recent years. And we've all got stories of some really challenging things. But as I place those in God's hands, this more than a conqueror concept in Romans 8, as I place them in God's hands, I not only conquer because it will not crush me. I will not be put down, put out. I may be pressed in on every side like the Apostle Paul says, but I won't be out. I won't be down. I not only conquer, but now I can use that to totally crush his kingdom, okay? Because now I am stronger and more victorious and have learned even to take things before the courts of heaven for restitution that takes more and more from the enemy and he just not only loses because he didn't get his way, but now the strength in me because of his attack is an extra loss for his kingdom. So everything is good when it's in God's hands. Measure the goodness of God through the acknowledgement and the lens of who he is, not through what happens to you. This is why I believe so strongly, and I don't want to rabbit trail, but This is why it's really, really important to walk in full faith in our healing, whether it is manifested or not. Declare it, crush whatever is coming against you by your faith, by your words, by the Word of God, by the binding and the loosing that He's given us. Walk in that, whether it manifests or not, because at some point, it is going to. But I will operate always in the, the mantra, my banner, it, that is, by his stripes, I'm healed. I am healed. Until it manifests in my vision and night driving is more and more and more challenging. Do you know how much I have to declare when I drive at night? I just declare. Lord, if I have to use all my other senses, I'm not sure what other senses you can use when you're driving at night. If you don't have your eyes. I can feel the pedal, I can move the steering wheel, but sight's kind of important there. I have declared, and I'm telling you, I can't wait till it's all the time. But there was one time when I declared and I just it was raining. It was not only dark, but it was raining and I was just like, "Lord, I am healed." By your stripes, I am healed in the name of Jesus, and I crushed curses, witchcraft, anything coming against my sight, I would not be cast down. I declared it. I could see perfectly. It was weird. I just thought. But, but I wasn't even focused on it. it, it the the, the seeing clearly surprised me because that was not my focus. My focus just was him. And suddenly I realized that I had gone quite a stretch in my journey. And I had no issue at all. And I was like, hmm. We get so focused on the manifest experience in the human realm to determine our encouragement, to determine whether God's actually going to heal us. Walk in your healing, regardless of what you experience. Walk in your healing. Declare it. Enjoy it. Rejoice in your healing, even before you experience it. Let it be just a non-issue. When it rears its head and really hinders, crush it. Take authority over it. But let the manifestation portion of your healing be entrusted into the sovereign hands of God. The woman with the issue of blood was 12 years. The lame man that Jesus healed, both that were depicted recently also in The Chosen, I think 38 years. These were many, many years. And and of course, it's astounding issue of blood. I mean, you know, if if, if I just if I just slice my arm right now and it just is dripping. And there's a point when you kind of say, yeah, that person didn't make it. They bled out. How in the world do you even have that happen for 12 years? Okay, And any issue of blood, any place where you're losing blood, 12 years. Wow. God allows things always for relational purposes. And always to get the glory. He will get the glory in everything. Isn't it about his glory? It is about his glory. And if our acknowledgement, if our paradigm is, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Why couldn't Jesus have died on the cross without it being so brutal? Couldn't he have just died? I mean, it was so brutal. It was so brutal. Jesus had to submit to that. Not my will, but thine be done. Did there have to be that many lashings? I mean, pain enough to be just staked to the cross, to just hang there till you die. But what he went through, I mean, most of us, our world would be crushed just to have a bunch of people spit on us. Some of us have had that happen. And and I think that, I think we need a little checkup. our our trust levels this morning? Do you trust him? Do you know how many people would be serving the Lord? Serving the Lord faithfully with their every fiber of their being if they trusted the Lord with their finances. I can't even tell you how many people are not serving the Lord because when you peel back all the layers, it all boils down to the almighty dollar and what they trust about whether or not God will supply their needs financially. That's if that... We don't always know it, but God has a way of revealing it. And sometimes he's so merciful and so gracious and so long-suffering, but sometimes he just has to show us where that lack of trust is. Are you willing to ask him today, Lord, where am I not trusting you? Come and consume every room. It all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. Don't sing it if you don't believe it. Don't sing it if you don't believe it. We are to trust Him. Mature Christians seek intimacy and relationship with Him more than they seek with zeal what it is they're supposed to do for the Lord. Be a mature believer. I'll tell you what, if you, if you have a zeal for ministry or if you have a zeal to accomplish something or to do something or to find the will of God for my life, I need to find the will of God for my life. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I need to do this and do that. Without intimacy, you will never be protected from the arrogance and the pride of our human nature that will rise. There will be no protection for what will rise in us of arrogance when the pressure is on. And if you think... That there's pressure when you're down and out and you're struggling. Wait till the pressure that comes in the abundance and in the blessing. There's no comparison. The greatest falls have been from the highest peaks. That's where people get tripped up. And without the relational paradigm of heaven, without understanding and acknowledging and trusting him, There will be no safeguards. The enemy will isolate your gifting. He will isolate whatever it is that you're trying to do for him, for God. He will find a way to exploit it, to take you down and destroy. And boy, Satan is a counterfeit. So if you think God strategically does things to get the glory, Satan strategically does things to cause God's glory to be crushed. For him to get the glory. He will wait. He's patient. He prowls strategically like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But only seeking. Because really he can't ever devour us without our permission. We are victorious. We don't need to fear. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That is a beautiful verse. And when we trust him, there is nothing That he won't do for us. When we acknowledge him. When we rejoice. He will strengthen us. But when we recognize. That. Closeness with him. Is really the ultimate goal. I know Brynn even said that in class. Man when you recognize that he is the prize. um, Everything else will. Will fall into. A place that makes sense. It almost kind of doesn't matter what doesn't make sense. Because the focus it's like being single-eyed scripture talks about jesus talked about being single-eyed for him we just we just seek him and all the other assignments all the other things that he has us do he will reveal in in their time why but god why did you put me here why did you put me in such a small church why did you put me in such a big church i'm so lost why did you put me in this small group you know i can't stand so and so she just yaps the whole time doesn't let anybody talk it's always about her oh you come home frustrated frustrated The only question is, Lord, do you want me there? Do you want me there? Lord, why did you put me in this job? They're constantly, you know, doing this or doing that or it's manipulative. Ask the Lord where he wants you. There is a purpose in what he's doing. He's always going to draw you in a place that will bring you closer to him by trusting him. He, in that trust, because remember, the name of the, the message this morning is trust and being trusted. He wants to entrust us. He wants us to be trustworthy. He wants to be able to trust us. And the more we trust him, the more he can trust us. Isn't that the truth? That's certainly true in a marriage. The more Greg started trusting me, the more I knew I could trust him. It just, it goes back and forth. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing when you trust one another and The Lord is looking for a remnant to rule, to make Israel jealous. He needs to be able to trust us. His goal is not, not for you to just find out what you're supposed to do for him. So that you can somehow feel good and get get some big old fat jewels and crowns and then you can toss them at his feet one day in some one time ceremony. There's been weird teachings in the church. That's not it. It's all about Drawing in closer. It's all for fellowship with him. And the fellowship with him is also in fellowship with each other. Because there are things he wants to say to you today that he wants to say through others around you. By the way, the Lord wants to speak to others through you. Will you be his voice? If you're just coming to get your church on, you're, not, you're, you're so far removed from what God wants to say to others through you. You ought to be getting your God on in your intimate place. The vertical relationship will come before the horizontal. Spend time with the Lord. Fill up with him. And then in the horizontal place, you'll both receive and deliver him in the body of Christ, in the fellowship of believers. That is where unity is found. That is where we unify. We unify with him being central, but we unify in fellowship with one another. We will never be a body that can rise in unity when we forsake the assembling. And that's not church attendance either. That's doing life with each other. A lot of people are super faithful to church and don't do life with others. You've got to go before the Lord and figure out what that means. But you've got to be doing life with your brothers and sisters in Christ. If that's a small group, if that's a Bible study, the hardest thing I ever did was get, when the Lord put me in a, in a group, We first we called it the 12, then it became the court team, and it's basically the court team slash leadership. Hardest I ever I mean, I got revelation from the Lord that was hard. I got I went through difficult things. I learned from all kinds of circumstantial things, all kinds of trials. Nothing has refined me more than being in that group because none of them are like me. <laughs> and that's exactly what God wanted. That's exactly what God wanted. He needed a different reality, a different process and a different perspective introduced to my world because we love living in our own bubble whether you think you are walking in your comfort zone or not you are in your comfort zone there are certain things you don't feel strongly about so you're fine oh that's so neat they're different than me yeah that's fine i don't really care either way let let some of the things that you feel super strongly about get challenged ooh that's hard that's where you start getting you start feeling the sandpaper kind of smoothing out the rough edges and it's tough but i have loved it and as ruth reminded us as she was speaking up in class it's the love it's the love that's why our mantra uh, or our love shield is fire the refiner's fire through the love of one another the love of him with all our heart mind soul strength every part of our being but then loving each other as ourself that's really really key We've got to learn to love each other. And there is a part of trusting God. You may not believe this. Take this to the Lord. But I'm going to say it. There is a part of trusting God that is lacking in your life. If you are not doing life with your brothers and sisters in Christ. There is when you wall yourself off to whatever degree you're walling yourself off you'll have to take that to the Lord to know how much when you resist and you keep yourself somewhat distanced from people there is some of that that is a lack of trust in God because God uses people to interact with us as much as any other thing he's got he's got to to totally engulf us in himself and he uses all different means but don't separate this beautiful intimacy with, okay, that, yeah, there's the unity of the bride, but then there's this intimacy. No, they are one. They are one. My fellowship with him is also the unity. Because without that, I have no idea how some of us are ever going to be unified. That, that's the mystery of, of how that, those things reconcile in our brains. It's only God. And God is teaching ignition how to teach the bride, unity. Because he has brought us very strategically the most uniquely different people from all walks of life, all ages, all backgrounds, all processes. Could not be more eclectic and more different. And I'm not to say that we're the only group that's like that. But he is teaching us very specifically what unity looks like. Not uniformity. Not conformity. Not like-mindedness. But unity of spirit. Spirit. All having very, very unique places where we function in the body. And the goal again is through the relational paradigm, not through accomplishments, task oriented, even purpose driven. That is not the goal of the father. It is relationship and relational learning of him. Do you trust him? Do you trust him today? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own insight. I got to tell you, I need you. I need you, spirit-filled believers, to give me insight. To speak for accountability. To come alongside me. To pray for me when I'm struggling. To pray for me when I'm sick. As you have. To be a stretcher bearer. To hold up my hands. When... I'm asked to do an assignment and they begin to become weak and people come alongside and the work still needs to continue or the, the, the divine purposes of God need to continue. And sometimes, sometimes people need to hold up your hands like Wendy did so beautifully, Georgia, last week. Sometimes those things are needed We're to be side by side with each other in the spirit. And I'll tell you what, you have no idea how much your faith Is contagious. How much when you come filled up, it will spill out over to somebody. It will spill out. It will cut out the false paradigms that somebody may have been wrestling with. Sometimes somebody can see in the spirit and they say, I see a snake wrapped right around your neck and it's choking you. And I'm going to pray that sucker off you. I'm going to pray it off of you because you couldn't see it because you were choking. If you've ever been choked, you kind of get lightheaded. And it takes a brother or sister in Christ to see something that sometimes you can't see. If you're not doing life with one another, you're not going to have God show you the things. He designed it that way. He set it up that way. Don't resist it. It doesn't mean that the intimacy in our personal time isn't important. And it is. But it just means there's so much more, especially in what he is calling us to for such a time as this. Let's pray, Father. I praise you. God, you are so mighty. You are so holy. Lord, I know this was longer today, but I I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you can be trusted. I thank you, God, that you can be trusted. You are so faithful. You're the furthest thing from capricious. I'm so thankful for your faithfulness, your consistency. You can be counted on. And as we are in you, you can then, when you return, find faith on the earth because you can count on us. Because we are in you in every way. Oh, the force of an entire body in the bride being in that place in unity. No force can come against. That is what is rising now, God. It is time. It is time. And you are teaching us to trust you with or without visceral experiences. You love to give those. You will give those. We expect it at any moment. But God, you are just as wonderful. You're just as wonderful, God, as you are whether we're physically, physically or emotionally experiencing you or not. And we rejoice with those all across the nation, all across the world who are gathering with these amazing revival experiences. We rejoice with them. We don't look at them and, and believe the lies that we're in lack. Oh God, you have an appointed time. You have an appointed time for when you will blanket this region with your power and your presence. I know it. I know it. Without a shadow of a doubt. So I praise you for it. I will worship you. For who you are. Not just for what I think you are or are not doing. God, encourage those other groups, Lord, who may need those experiences because their faith has not been built yet quite so fully. But God, I thank you for what's coming. And as Bryn said, so so true this morning, what you have for us is a thousand times greater than even what we've yet seen. thousand times so we trust you for it as your heads are bowed as your eyes are closed i want you to answer the question before the lord i'm going to keep my eyes closed as i ask you this because this is for you to acknowledge before heaven so as much as it's possible every eye is closed but is there an area in your life, Holy Spirit has highlighted, that you need to trust God more for today? Perhaps in a general sense, we could, we could all say that more trust is needed, more faith is needed, because we will never stop building our faith. Our faith will never stop growing until faith is no longer needed. But if there is something today that was highlighted in your life that you need to trust God more, Maybe you need to let go of something. Maybe you need to just open yourself up and step out, metaphorically speaking, on the water. And let him show you that he will be the ground under your feet. I want you to just raise your hand by way of a declaration that, Lord, what you've highlighted to me, that I need to trust you more for, I'm going to give you my trust. I'm going to spend the currency of my faith To trust you more in this area in my life. Just by your raise of hand. You are making that declaration in your heart. In the name of Jesus. God whatever hands are up. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. That you would fortify. With absolute strength and faith. This area where trust. And acknowledging of you is needed. In the lives of those listening. And for those listening online, that they would hand you whatever area you're dealing with this morning in their lives or whatever time zone that they're in. Because, God, you can be trusted. And as we seek you and trust you, we receive more from you. I thank you for that. God, take this word and use it for your glory, for your purposes. We love you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.